0: Good day. <laughs> Welcome to On Mini's Games. Welcome to the inaugural episode of a new podcast. Um, it's going to be, we're not quite sure exactly what it's going to be called, but we're going to go with On Minis Games because that's a part of the On games uh, series of podcasts. It's about minis games and the abbreviation is OMG, which is uh, I just rather like. Uh, in any case, uh, the, this new podcast is going to be uh, exactly as the name suggests, all about miniatures games. To kick us off, this episode's going to discuss uh, what this new podcast is, who the hosts are and yeah, go through all of that. So uh, my name's Giles Pritchard and with me on the microphone is... Uh, Quinton Sohn. And uh, we're going to be the hosts of this new podcast on minis games. Are you excited, Quentin?
1: Very excited. Looking forward to having a good discussion about some <laughs> awesome minis games.
0: Quentin and I are both big into playing uh, miniatures games, and we thought that um, with onboard games having the focus of board games and on RPGs having the focus of role playing games, the one. Category of game that was missing from this stable, the uh, the stallion, if you will, of the, what would be the stallion of the group, in, in our view, is obviously the miniatures games.
1: I think it's the uh, far more robust of, of the trio and definitely needed representation. <laughs> Certainly
0: did. So um, this episode's our, our first episode, it's really going to lay the groundwork in terms of um, what this podcast is going to be about, how it's going to be structured, uh, a little bit about us and, and what gives us the qualifications or lack thereof to talk about this particular subject.
1: Mostly lack thereof.
0: <laughs> so, Quentin, let's start off. Let's talk about miniatures games and what they
1: are. So, um, I think both of us have the same sort of view that really there is some crossover in some areas, but anything that uses a miniatures game, or sorry, uses miniatures, so we go from a range of your basic war games, a bit of Warhammer or, or Warhammer 40,000 to start at one extreme end, maybe, and then even moving thwa- moving forward through to games like Zombicide or the old staple of Hero Quest where... Yep. It's still a board game but it's using mini- miniatures and a lot of us I think who play miniatures games started out in those areas with particularly HeroQuest.
0: Yeah, for sure. And um, so, so really, this is about any game that uses miniatures, and, and it's a very blurred line. We could we could really be specific and dive in and talk about tabletop gaming and how um, tabletop gaming isn't hindered by a board, and you've got to measure, and there's you know you're free to set up terrain how you want. Whereas something like Hero Quest more defines the terrain and uh, and the way the game operates. But we're going to be a bit loose with it, and we're going to just say any game that really involves miniatures, we're going to call a miniatures game. I think so, and it means that we can look at. Pretty much anything we
1: want to. So we have a <laughs> lot of artistic license there.
0: Including any board games where you've substituted the pieces for miniatures. Exactly. Which so, always makes it better. Yeah, of course. All right. So we've, we've sort of covered that. We want to talk about that, that spectrum of miniatures games. So we've got everything from your hero quest and zombie side, uh, mice and mystics, those sort of games which are board games that use miniatures i suppose yeah. so that one end of the spectrum and then at the other end of the spectrum we've got stuff like you know warhammer 40k um warhammer fantasy battles or age of Sigmar as, as as it is now as, um as it's known as and it's, that's all that's ever going to be mentioned <laughs> in this podcast uh, maybe infinity you know dystopian wars uh all those sort of things uh, a more dyed in the wall miniatures games. Yes, top games. they are. So, what are some of the what are some of the I suppose some of the things that you find at either end of the spectrum? So, like I think
1: for for both of us, at one end of the spectrum, the games that we we play, Dystopian mm. Wars. Um, uh, we both playing Finley plus a few other Spartan games. We both play, and we we both enjoy that aspect. So mm. It's really good. The free-flowing aspect that you're not restricted to the board. Um, you set
0: the terrain up. You set yeah. the scenario up. You've yep. got, you, you, I, you I build guess. Your own list. Well, uh, often a miniature's game provides you the framework and the rule set, and then you take that framework and the rule set, and you you create the story. And it's still a big yeah. part of how that game operates. For a lot of gamers, that story is just you know set them up, knock them down. It's just I'm gonna kill your army.
1: Yeah, I think both doesn't... of us. I think, yeah, but both of us we tend to like a bit of a story. Depends on what we're playing, but. We find generally that scenarios mm. add that level of story. Um, and there's one game, that, um, Ducks Britannia Aram, is one mm. that we both love because it has that narrative behind it.
0: Um, Even if my, my Jarl is being absolutely massacred.
1: He is a bit useless. He is the worst he's very writer. Good, he's very good at running away. <laughs>
0: he's
1: it's the only time you roll well with he He's
0: excellent at running.
1: So, I think, yeah, that, that one end of the spectrum, we have something that's very free-flowing yeah. um, that you can create yourself and however much you want to create that so they provide you the framework and you can create some beautiful scenarios and mm. stories behind that and at the other end of the framework um, you have something that's a bit more structured it tends to often be a bit quicker but mm. obviously there's some variation there a lot of the rules are very very setting stone the yeah. board's setting stone the forces are setting stone um, which makes them a bit easy to jump into initially so well,
0: I think they suit they, obviously they suit you know some, some nights you want one and, and not the other and yeah. other nights you know you've got time or whatever else and um and so on but yeah i think uh, and and the hobby aspect i think of miniatures gaming is a really important one as well because you've got you know that whole idea of creating a scenario creating a story behind the game is one aspect of it getting invested in the world and the setting is another one i think that happens in miniatures games a lot more than in board games oh very
1: much so i think the the development of miniatures games and you look at the i think a lot of the very successful ones have a, a large amount of uh, fluff as it's called mm. behind them and generally most people who get involved in mini- miniatures games at that end of the spectrum really love the fluff there's always a call for it there's always people wanting more of it to immerse themselves more into this into that world mm. and often it's not just about putting a model on the table mm. it's 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 about building a force that you love or building a, it's, it's you got love. a character it's got yeah. a flavor to it yeah yep. and that token then moves forward into the the hobby side, or the painting side, and the modelling side, they'll often draw on themes from the yep. from the fluff to create their force that they've actually then gone and modelled and painted.
0: Yeah. So I mean, you, you look at something like Zombie Side, you could say, well. Tell me about the world of Zombie Side. Well, it's got zombies and you're trying not to get eaten by the zombies. But aside from that, there's not a huge amount of setting development. Whereas you go with something like Infinity and you've got people that, you know, if you're playing your guy in Zombie Side or in, you know, another one of those, that that end of the spectrum of miniatures games. Um, you know, they might have a character or they might be invested in a particular yeah. character or whatever else, but it's not to the same degree as when you've got a force in 140K or an in Infinity, yep. you know, you're building your your, your Uging Sectorial list or whatever it might be, yeah. and you've got a real concept of the flavor and the story behind it.
1: You do. I think that's it's and it's and part about it how it's marketed too. So, yep. you know, a board game or a, a boxed game is limited in, in the amount of space it has and the amount of um content you can put in. With a lot of the other miniatures games at the other end, they're not limited by that. A lot of them release stuff online. Yeah. Um, they'll release multiple books. So you can have that extra flavor or fluff built in. Um, I think
0: too, because you've got a lot of the games are built around that's that idea of scenario or story and setting development too. So you do have those subsequent releases where the story's moved along. You've got more scenarios to play. You've got, you know, whatever it might be. And that, that helps build up and develop that world.
1: Yeah, it does. And it, it- makes the game more enjoyable. I know that one of the things I love about what well, Infinity is, the fluff, is you, you mm. get your rule book and you got a fluff book separate to it that you read and you enjoy. So, it's it's something that adds to it yeah. and it can help you build. Um, I know a lot of people or a, f- a few people that I know, they will read the fluff about a particular model and they go, like, oh, I love that fluff. It's awesome. Mm. I'm going to collect that model and that force yeah. because I love that model. Mm. Um, so, it can really change someone's view on what they collect, what they play, how they play um, and how they... End up doing the hobby in terms of painting and modelling. So yeah. I think they're the two spectrums, and we I think both of us dabble in both sides. Yeah. Um. So we have quite a varying range of of interests and hobbies, I suppose, within this hobby. Yeah. So we'll probably look at both sides quite. Quite a lot
0: of, yeah. yeah. So this podcast really is all about discussing, as we talked about, um, miniatures games, uh, and, and we've sort of covered there uh, a bit of the spectrum of what we mean when we're talking about it, and what we'll mean when we're talking about it in the context of yeah. the show. In terms of how the show is going to be structured, we're going to we're going to probably do a little bit riff on what Don and Eric and the guys do on on board games and and what they do on on RPGs, and we'll have a, a, a main topic for discussion. We we'll, we won't. We'll probably save the reviews because the games are a little bit more in depth, and the settings are a little bit more engrossing, yeah. and there's a little bit more detail to them. We'll probably we'll probably use games as as major topics for the episodes. It's I think that's long. yeah, that's
1: going to be probably the best way to do it. With a board game, you can get into it fairly quickly mm. and and play a number of games quickly. There are some that take longer, obviously, in that mm. spectrum. But with most miniature games, particularly at the end where you've got a war game or a tabletop game, mm. they take a while to get into. So I think yeah, each. Episode as we get into we'll try it, we'll and focus on, focus on, on one
0: or, or an aspect of the yeah. hobby or an aspect of miniatures games yeah, in general. Definitely, um, and so and and we'll also be talking about some of the things that we're excited about in the world of miniatures games that, that are upcoming. Whether it's yeah. kickstarters or news from companies or, or games that we're involved with.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely kickstarters. <laughs> we have a bit of. A, we both have a bit of a problem there.
0: Yeah, just a touch. Um, but not say that too loud. My wife might still be listening. Maybe. Um, we've been good lately. We have, yeah. Yes. Although we're waiting for the heavy gear. Yeah, but that's done and dusted. <laughs> paid for. Yeah. we That's excited. paid for. That's done, right? We don't need to worry about that one. Yep. Um, but there's... So, so we'll do that. We'll, we'll also be talking about what we've been doing in the hobby. The games we've been playing. Um. Any
1: hobby work we do. Yeah. If we've been painting. If we've been painting. If we've, if, been, if we've, we've been, been painting.
0: We've I've, been, painting. We've been. I've been, yeah.
1: You've been painting. I've been painting. I haven't um, been painting. It, takes a lot to get me motivated, but I have been painting. I which, put
0: miniatures together.
1: Well, that's what I generally do, and um, maybe um, at one point we'll get a photo of all my bare resin and plastic yeah. and metal that it I have.
0: Is ridiculous. Yeah, was it three full bookcases of miniatures, uh, miniatures? Three,
1: three full bookcases plus a cupboard
0: <laughs> plus stuff
1: still in boxes, still in boxes.
0: Um, so anyway, so that, that, that gives a bit of an idea on the structure of the show as well. So let's just get a little bit narcissistic here and talk about ourselves for a moment. Because oh, that's going to be hard. It's going to be really difficult. It's difficult. It's, it's a topic we don't like talking about. No, not really. So, Quentin, you, you're you a massive uh, miniatures gamer, obviously. Yeah. Let's talk about a little bit about how you got into the hobby and, and how I got into the hobby. So what started you off into the wonderful world of miniatures gaming?
1: Oh, I can, I can remember... Um... Probably the first experience I had with miniatures gaming was actually Hero Quest, mm-hmm. and that was back when I was in grade six.
0: Wow! Yeah.
1: Um, at school, yeah. Um, my, one of my friends he got it for his birthday, and it was brought in every lunchtime.
0: Oh, really? To play yeah. Hero
1: Quest during the lunch period.
0: Wow! How did the how did the teachers react? Okay, to that?
1: Well, actually, yeah, they were pretty good, and surprise, it was actually a pretty um, uh, strict Christian school, but oh, they wow. were yeah. they were fine with it. It yeah. was we were playing, we were not, you know, we weren't. Out there beating each other up, I suppose. So, we, <laughs> we played Hero Quest for quite a while and my friend was very popular because he had the awesome board game. Um, so, that got me interested and then I remember probably well, when I was about 14 or 15, walking yep. into a news agency and seeing a white dwarf on the shelves. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was the episode. I can't remember what, what actual uh, number edition, um, uh, um, number of the magazine it was, but yep. it was the one with the blood angel on the cover with a yellow background.
0: Oh, I'm starting to see why you collect Butt Angels now. Yeah,
1: and it was the first time they'd released the Death Company. Yeah. So, it was the the release of the Death Company metal miniatures um, that was in there as well. And that sort of started off my introduction and that was where I got into Games Workshop and Warhammer 40,000 mm-hmm. and I think it was that year, that Christmas or my birthday, um, nagged my parents into mail ordering because you couldn't buy it in Australia. You had to mail order yeah. Games Workshop stuff at that point unless you lived somewhere with a store that happened to stock it. Mm-hmm. I lived in Geelong. They had no store back then and yeah, mail ordered my first copy of Warhammer 40,000 second edition.
0: Very nice. Wow. Um,
1: yeah. yeah. So, I remember that was, that was a long time ago and it sort of progressed from there. Um, so,
0: so over the years, you so say you got into Warhammer 40, you got into Hero, Hero, um, Hero Quest initially. With. Yeah, you got into Warhammer 40k. What other miniatures games have you played over the years? Well, yeah, it was initially 40k was the staple mm-hmm.
1: um, throughout the years and I left it for a little bit mainly because um, uh, a few other hobbies and sports and stuff like that and then recently um, got back into it and that was 40k again mm-hmm. um, before Games Workshop got too expensive unfortunately with life and everything like that. Um, bit of Warhammer as well and then about uh I'm trying to think now, four, five, five six years ago, one of my friends put me onto a game called Dystopian Wars. Alright, yeah. And he said to me, Oh, I've got this awesome game, it's a ship game and I think you'll really like it. Well that was the end for me. Um oh, <laughs> several f- oh, twenty
0: thousand point fleets later.
1: Yeah, several several number of fleets later, a lot of them not painted. <laughs> um started a love for an absolute passion for Dystopian Wars. I love the game, it's awesome. Plus into everything else spartan so yep. i pretty much got every single one of their games in some form or another and then i branched out i got introduced to infinity which yep. you know i love it's it's just such a dynamic and complex game and mm. it's such a challenge and then i've branched out even more and we've got some flames of war now some war machine which i got because the guys at the club were playing it but not too not too not a great fan of mm-hmm. BattleTech. I think Kings of Wars on the on the building table at the moment. I'm waiting to get
0: my my um, force for that.
1: I'm very excited. I've got my got my vampire counts being assembled as we speak, and I actually bit the bullet and bought a Games Workshop model for the first time in years.
0: Oh, very good.
1: Which is because they just make such a nice vampire knight on a on a undead dragon. So stuck there, and you're forced. Yeah, I was. I yeah. was, of course, like everything else. I was forced to buy, and <laughs> and then um, as Giles and I mentioned before, we bought into the heavy gear Kickstarter, which yeah. looks really, really good.
0: We've been playing, we played a bit of Song of Blades and Heroes, Song of Blades and Heroes, but which
1: you introduced me to the boat, and they're just really fun rule sets. Yeah, they're yeah. not really complicated. They don't require a lot of miniatures. and they're just fun. Yeah. So I think yeah, I've got a probably about maybe 10, 12 games that I'm playing at the moment of varying degrees.
0: Yeah, that's the problem. There's always new games and there's there's, there's so little time to play them. There is, there is. So Uh, what about yourself, Giles? Where did you start? uh, I started similarly to you. It was back in primary school. I would have been in grade, I think I was grade um, 5 or 6, and I was actually introduced to um, Warhammer Fantasy Battles by one of the teachers at school who bought some stuff in. He bought a Skaven I remember a Skaven force and I think uh it might have been dwarves. Um Well two
1: staples there, of course. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: So there's this uh, and so anyway, me and a couple of the other boys at school um were involved in in playing that at lunch times and then obviously I pestered my parents into spending an inordinate amount of their hard earned money on um Empire figures. So I had Beautiful
1: a, awesome nice
0: big empire army. Um which was fantastic and then really got into um Warhammer you know, that Warhammer Fantasy Battles, 40k, Necromunda. Yep. Um, I sort of started to get out of games workshop around the time Mordheim released, so I never really went, that. went into that. And I started to play a few historical games. We were playing DBM a little bit, yep. um, Debellus Multitudinous. And then I decided to go with DBA, Debellus Antiquitatis, I think it's called. And it, it, it's like the small-scale version of DBM. So yep. DBM, you've got like 10 bajillion, you know, 15-mil <laughs> figures yep, yep. based up on elements and you're moving them around. And the reason that I... I I painted. I started to paint an Alexandrian yep. uh, Macedonian army, and I and I got to the the you know the phalangis, yep. the phalanx and, of the the sarissa bearing spearmen, and I was like, yeah, I cannot bring myself <laughs> to paint a forty billion you know spearmen. Yep. So DBA was really nice. It was just twelve elements, so yes. twelve you know units, um, much more limited. You could play it on a two by two um, foot board, so. That sort of me to the ground, you know, get a couple of armies. Um, and Lester Payne. Lester Payne. <laughs> Leicester Store and that was really good so I played DVA for a while I dabbled in a, in a heap of games We played Stargrunt Cryomech uh, Full Thrust was a favourite um, I made all my spaceships out of like diodes and things like oh, that yep, out of yep. old computers that was of course cool. yeah it was it was really cool so I, I really enjoyed all of those and then I sort of moved out of out of miniatures gaming and yep. got into role playing games pretty heavily and moved then as life you know progressed and, and I started to to not have as much time, and yep. friends moved away from uni for uni and things like that. Got more into board games. Yep. Um, spent a while in the board games hobby. Um, still, which I'm still really yeah. you know keen on. But I don't. I, there was a period in time where I could tell you every you know new release, <laughs> you know the the Spiel nominees, all those sort of things. Yeah. I can't do that anymore. I'm, yeah. just, I'm just not. <laughs> Um, Not up to it. Not up to it. Um, So I sort of fell back out of the board game hobby a little bit and started to get back into my my roots, I suppose, in gaming and get back into miniatures games, role-playing games again a little bit. Yep. But the miniatures games, you know, as you mentioned, that you know, there were for a while. I was looking at getting back into miniatures games. My brother and I were looking at a whole bunch. We looked at, you know, Drop Zone, um, Commander, and we looked at, you know, all these games that we really liked the look of. And we're looking for things where you where you didn't need a whole heap of minis to to get back into it because you know storage is an issue, especially when you've got you know a ridiculous board game collection and you're three kids (laughs) and a wife and you know who's who's pretty understanding already with the board game collection. Doesn't. <laughs> miniatures stacked Everywhere So um, We looked You know Small scale stuff So we found Song of Blades and Heroes Which was really Which was really fun I love yeah. fantasy gaming And And it was great because you can play with any minis, you can play yep. any scale. So I really like small-scale minis. I really like sort of 15, 20-mil scale. Yep. So we grabbed, my brother and I got some 20-mil, or I got a bunch of 20-mil scale anthropomorphic sort of models from yep. Splinter Light for that. Yeah, they're, they're beautiful. Yeah, they're I nice models. Those, yeah. They make awesome models but yeah, light. They, they make really good models. So I got that, and then... You know, we're looking at, you know, okay, we we, we wanted to play a bigger scale game and and we're looking around Drop Zone Commander and we're looking at um, Firestorm Armada and we're looking at all these different games. And eventually we looked at this ship game that we found, you know, online, we're tossing up, oh, you know, it looks really cool, naval game, you know, I've never really got into a naval game before. So we went with that one, it was Dystopian Wars and um, fell in love with it. We got you know, really, you know, bought a whole heap of stuff at Stopium Wars that then flew, you know, flowed into buying everything else that Spartan buys Of course, yeah. As you do. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, you know, Firestorm and Martyr and and Planetfall and Legions and a whole bunch of stuff from pretty much everything from Spartan. And then, you know, you you and the guys down at the club have been getting into Infinity in a big way, so I had to get into that, of course, because you do. yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, Dux Britanniarum because I just love history and, and historical games and, and it looked like a really story-based game. Yeah. It's by um, a company called Two Fat Lardies who makes some really fun story-based games that I've read about and heard about on other games cast like Peoples yep. and Miniatures. So had to get into that and, and decided to buy into that in 10 mils figures from Pendraken. so... Yeah, so that's been that's been my story. I got I got a whole heap of ten mil Dark Ages figures for for Dutch Britanniarum. Whole heap of orcs and goblins, and twenty mil animals for um, Song of Blades and Heroes. Firestorm Armada spaceships, Planetfall <laughs> tanks and spaceships, uh, Dystopian Wars ships, uh, Infinity models. Just yeah, pretty much everything. 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 Heavy everything. gear on the way.
1: Oh, that's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be awesome. Heavy gear is just. It, it looks... So excited. It,
0: yeah, and, I, and I used, we used to play the role-playing game back in the day, so they've got this real nostalgia aspects to Well, I
1: think it. And it comes back, too, that the Heavy Gear's been around for a long time. I think yeah. a lot of um, miniatures gamers, you, particularly younger ones, have no idea what Heavy Gear is. And, mm. But if you've been in the or war gaming or miniatures gaming for a while, Heavy Gear is one of the really old staples. And it, role-playing, there's so much... Fluff and story around it, and it's mm. it just appeals to some people. um It's kind of like uh, there's another one called BattleTech, and usually you fall into one of two categories. I think you find one you're either BattleTech or you're Heavy Gear. Some yeah. of us cross over. Um, I'm not.
0: See, so I'm not a huge like. I love the idea of BattleTech. I love the setting of BattleTech, and I just, I just the the mech designs. I'm not big into. Yeah. Whereas in Heavy Gear, it's much more anime style, and that's that's more right up my alley. That, that yeah. the, the the visual style of Heavy Gear. I just oh, love it. I
1: think yeah, the visual style of Heavy Gear. is Awesome and their new kickstarter with the new miniatures that are all plastic is just brilliant which I think is one problem that on the other side with BattleTech is that they've they've always stuck with metal generally yeah. and it makes it really metal's not easy to work with it's a bit harder to to model and I yeah I love the BattleTech universe like the, and the, the novels they put out and the yeah, stories the is, it it's, it's, it's awesome and, yeah. and they've got um, their rule set means you can play a, a span of over a thousand years yeah, yep. of all this tech it's just awesome but the heavy gear Kickstarter's just got us both really excited and the rule
0: set's really elegant <laughs> yeah. I think it's it's a really good rule set
1: um, well,
0: the, some of the aspects I was reading through the rule set and some of the some of the rules are just I was sitting there thinking oh that is a really cool like the senses you know, yeah, si- yeah.
1: just simple stuff like yeah. that is really cool so. it feels it, it makes it feel a bit more realistic mm. um so Without yeah being
0: um, too simulationist and taking yeah, yeah. You know, too many rules mechanics and, yeah yeah and so on.
1: it's simple enough that it's um that's gonna be relatively quick to play mm. but it's still got that feeling of re- realism in it yeah so it, it's and i'm sure it will feature once once we get it it will be the feature of one of one of the main topics of our podcast i'm sure maybe two or three episodes even <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah i think so yeah no it'll be it should be good so, um, that really is is us in terms of, you know, how we got into the hobby. Um, the other aspect, I suppose, over the last, you know, year or so, both yeah. of us have been doing professional work in the industry as well. Yep. We've both been working with Spartan Games. Yeah. We've gone from being the gamers to working with Spartan on various things. Yeah, we
1: have. I think the most recent thing would be the fast play rules for Dystopian Wars. Yeah,
0: fleet action, yeah. Yeah,
1: so um, we were both involved with that and... We're both involved in the the maintenance and um, uh, balancing of dy- actually the core dystopian rules, mm. um, their actual uh, statistics. So that's something we both do as well for Spartan, um, which I think we sort of moved into because of our passion for the yeah. game and and um, I'm a weird person who has a good head for numbers and I break you, things really like, well. Yeah,
0: you like to build killer army lists, basically.
1: Yeah, you yeah.
0: Put together some weird combination of miniatures that
1: no one else thinks of and then they the go, course. hang on, I didn't realise you could do that. You can, <laughs> and it's kind of broken. We should probably yeah. fix that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll fix that.
0: That's good. The um, and we've both done. We've also both done a little bit of work recently with um, Modifius, yeah. um, which is another company based out. Well, I've the done UK. a little bit
1: of work. You've done a lot of work.
0: Well, I don't know about a lot, but we've, we've both done some work for Modifius, and yeah, um, that's been involved with the Infinity Role Playing Game. Yeah, so you you were working on some of the conversion yeah, rules.
1: Yeah, so that conversion rules, and yeah.
0: I've been you, doing some writing, some some background writing for yeah. the role playing game as well. So. We wanted to say that um, because we also need to have that disclosure. We're talking about miniatures games. We're not going to go, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be positive and uh, uh, about, you know, all the companies that, the, you know, that we come across. We're going to be critical where we, we feel yeah, we I need to so. be. But we also need to have that disclosure that we, we've also, you know, we also have. Got. interests
1: elsewhere yeah. and we're doing work and I think we're both pretty open with, with the rules and I'm, I'm, I'll be the last to say that I think um, a company's terrible or anything like that. We all have our own issues but, and bugbears. Um, yeah, I think we're going to look at each game in, in on its own.
0: Yeah, and I think the thing is too that, you know, we wouldn't be doing this, we wouldn't be involved in the hobby as players, we wouldn't be involved in the hobby, you know, with Spartan, with Modiphius, we wouldn't be doing this podcast if we weren't passionate about miniatures games. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's very easy sometimes to listen to a podcast, you know, and I know it's one criticism that sometimes gets leveled at podcasters about, you know, how relentlessly positive they are about, you know, particular games and things like that. But they're passionate about it. Yeah. It's their hobby. It's their passion. And, of course, we're going to talk about the things that we like. Yep. So I guess, I guess, yeah, we just need to have that disclosure and, and mention that, that we had that so that people were yeah. fully aware of our biases because we, we do are. have them.
1: We are passionate and we love Misha's games.
0: So we will be positive about you know we will all the things that we talk about. We'll occasionally be critical and, and we'll try and balance that out. But yeah. Um, but yeah. So I guess that's that's really. Everything that we need to talk about for the first episode. I think so. Is there anything else?
1: No, I think that's pretty much it. Hope you keep listening, though.
0: I <laughs> hope we haven't turned you off.
1: No, I hope not.
0: Um, and if you've got any suggestions or um, criticisms or anything like that, you can get in contact with us on minisgames at gmail.com. Yep. Um, I'm sure is free. I haven't actually <laughs> registered that yet. We should probably
1: yeah. check that one. We'll do that. Um, if a, not, we'll let, you, we'll, we'll let you know in the
0: next podcast or <laughs> re-record it. That's right. Um, until next time, I'm Giles Pritchard. I'm Quinton Sun. You've been listening to On Minis Games. You've been listening to On Minis Games. On Minis Games is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported license. Yeah. Where's my pen?
1: <laughs> I need a pen. I'm going nick it with that one. A click pen. Yeah.
0: We'll borrow your pen though. <laughs> oh, it's red.
1: I wish in my job you could use a fountain pen, but just would not work.
0: No. Nah.